Good morning, guys and gals. Hope y'all rested well last night. Uh, you've read the text uh, <clears throat> that that uh, we'll be covering today, and so we're going to do something a little different. <clears throat> Excuse me, we're going to do something a little different this morning. We're not going to be fanning the pages of the Bible, okay? We just want to use our imagination. Can we do that? Play like? Can we do that? Like, kind of, okay, okay. You know, with me, and, me and the microphone, we don't jive. So can you hear me? Is that better? Oh, great. Do I have to use it? Oh, snap. Where's it at? Things in my hand, I forget my name and where I was born. So anyway, uh, we're going to use our imagination. <laughs> we're going to use our imagination this morning, okay? Uh, we are going to put ourselves back where Paul is. You know, Paul was in Corinth, right? Corinth is just 20 miles down the road that way. But actually, that's Corinth, Mississippi. So anyway, this across the big, big ocean. So anyway. We're going to be with Paul and think think like Paul. Try to put ourselves in Paul. Uh, Paul was a Jew. We probably already know this. Maybe somebody don't. This is going to be real simple, guys. This is going to be a real simple thing we're going to do. This it's not going to stretch your brain. I know you got summer break, so you might have to think just a little bit. That it won't hurt. Uh, but we're going to be with Paul. Okay, Paul was a Jew. He was a Pharisee. And you know what a Pharisee is. It was a religious sect, sect S-E-C-T. Uh, so he was very, very educated individual. Um, studied under a Jewish guy, so he, Paul really knew the Scriptures. And of course, we know what happened to Paul on, this, on the journey. Paul was converted. We all remember that? Okay, all right, all right. We're, good. We're doing good. So Paul, his convert, changed him. Changed him from one day he was going to persecute the Jews to, well, three days. And then a few days after that, um, <laughs> he was preaching the gospel. He was preaching the gospel. Now, how did he do that? How, where did Paul get that knowledge that he was able to preach the gospel? Anybody want to take a stab at that? Okay. He got it out of the Old Testament. He got it out of what he had already studied under Gamaliel. He got it out of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, the first five. He got it out of that. He also got it out of the prophets. What's the prophets? This is, you know, I'm telling you what I'm speaking of. He got it from the Psalms. He saw Jesus in Psalms. He saw Jesus in the prophets. And then, the the gospel has always been. It's it's always been. It's never not been the gospel. Uh, Hebrews, uh, that Abraham heard the gospel. So it's always been. It's always been the message. This whole, whole Bible is about Jesus Christ. Not about us. It's about Jesus Christ. So we're just thinking how it was. I, I got up this morning and I was looking out across the lake, 
And uh, I'm just thinking, wow, you know, just like Paul woke up. He woke up. Uh, he probably hurt him. I mean, he's already been stoned. You know, <laughs> I'm assuming he fell off a horse when he was converted. Now, how did that feel? You know, so he had our aches and pains. He was just like us, but he was called by God. He was a servant of the gospel. He was set apart for the gospel of Jesus Christ. God picked him. God picked him to be who he is. Now, some of us may not be picked in that category. We're picked for something. All of us are. All of us are. I'm picked. I know what my gift is, and I try to strive in that. Um, I'm, I'm, my gift is cleaning bathrooms. I'm a servant. That's what God has chosen me to do. I, I thrive in that. I don't thrive in being in front of people teaching, but I thrive in just helping people to be able to get up here. So, you still with me? We're thinking about Paul. <clears throat> so Paul gets up and he starts writing. Anybody ever wrote a letter? I mean, seriously, you wrote a letter, really? Did you write it down? A letter. With a pen? Did you really? I didn't think anybody knew how to do that anymore. I mean, it's like this. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, so Paul gets up, he writes this letter. What a letter, golly. We call it a book of Romans, but it was a letter. And so, uh, you know, we the brother the other night, excuse me, the brother the other night, started off in this letter. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation for those. Now, who's those? Come on now, you've got to help me. You're killing me here. Who's those? There you go. Okay, y'all keep that in mind, okay? There's no therefore. Therefore. Now, what's the therefore? You know, there's always a therefore. It's a therefore for a reason. So the therefore goes back to the previous chapter where Paul just really, really in this letter was struggling. Man, he was he was struggling writing this stuff. He's been teaching it. I mean, every day, every I mean, Scripture tells us every day practically he is in the synagogue. What's that? That's Jewish church. Jewish. I'm sorry, Jewish church. So he's teaching. He's teaching what he's writing here. Okay. So. We have this to look at, and he's telling us that of all the struggle, of all the struggles that I have, uh, there's no condemnation for those for the for the Christian that's in Christ Jesus. So we're going to see. We're, hey, today we got three verses, four sentences. That's all it is. Three verse, three verses in four sentences, and it's going to be real, real easy to understand, but. Um, the aim this morning is not for the head. The aim is for the heart this morning. Okay? So let's think, let's meditate, is what I hope to accomplish this morning as we explain just these four sentences. This is real, real, well, I'm not going to say simple. You know, Peter says, you know, over in 2 Peter, he says, you know, Paul. Uh, does write some things that are a little bit difficult to to understand. So uh, I've been tied in knots a few times uh, reading his writing. You know, it's like, what is he saying? So let's just go through this really, 
and real slow, and it's just let's just simplify it, okay? Bookends. You go to bookend, bookend. Okay, you got books, books. You got an end, bookend here, bookend here. So the books don't fall over, right? Bookends. Brother Josh, the other night. There is therefore no condemnation. That's a bookend, okay? No condemnation. The end of the chapter, the verses 37 through 30, I think I may be wrong. The end of the chapter, bookend. I'm not going to talk about that. That would be like a spoiler thing, you know. The person gets to explain that real good. So that's the bookend we have. Therefore, there's no condemnation. And then we have the other bookend, which is real, real similar to this one, okay? It tells us, I'll give you a little hint. God got you, okay? He's got you. In that hand. That's God's hand. He got you. Therefore, there's no condemnation because God got you. Okay? Now, that's for the Christians. So now we have this inner, the few verses in between leading up what Jeff, Brother Jeff talked about last night. There's this flesh. There's this spirit. Okay? Flesh, spirit. We got that? Those in the flesh are, somebody help Those in the flesh are moreover dead. 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 What does that mean, dead? Now, I, 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 don't, I can't look at you and tell you whether you're saved or, or whether you are a converted Christian or not. I, I can't look at you and tell you that. But let's say there are some here that are unconverted. I'm speaking to you here. This don't apply to you. So those in the flesh, now think now, you gotta think. We're playing like we're we're imagining. Those in the flesh are dead. Okay? You got that. You can understand it up here. Uh oh. You can understand it up here. But you're dead. I hate to, to tell you that, but it's just a it's a it's a fact. You're dead spiritually. But those who are in Christ Jesus, those that have faith in Christ, those who have repented towards God, those who place their entire life in Christ are saved. Born again. You are indwelt in something we're going to see here in just a second. Okay? So we have this dead, and we have this alive. Okay? There's only two ways. Guys, you either we're either, we're either dead or we're alive. That's it. There's no in-between. There's no uh, leaning on the edge. There's no fence. I've heard it say, I'm on the fence. No, dead or alive. Okay? Oh, so here we go. <clears throat> so let's get a try. So uh, the few little verses we got here. We still want to use our imagination. We still want to be thinking. You, however, of course, we know who, who you is. Who you, you is the, uh, say, the light, the flesh. Oh, the light, the spirit. Okay? That is who you are. Paul, so Paul said, you, however, he's talking to the Roman church in a letter, you, however, are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit. Now, we're going to wrap this. In, this. in these three, four sentences, they use the word if three times. Now, if doesn't mean Paul is questioning, okay? He's not trying to rattle our cage and make us scared oh, am, I, am, I, am I saved am I not saved He's not, that's not the purpose of him putting his ifs in. it's more of a declaration 
You know, he's saying, guys, you are either here or you are either here. There's no ifs. There's no ifs, ands, and buts. You know? You're either here or you're either you're either in the flesh or you're in the spirit. So as he reads along, he said, You, however, he's saying, You guys, you guys are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit. If Christ dwells with anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. That's just real plain and simple. Okay? I can even understand that. I can even understand. If, read it again. Y'all listen. Read it along with me. You read it this morning. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. It's just that sadly simple. So when he goes into goes into but if here's the number two if here's, here's again if Christ is in you now although your body is dead now which body is that okay we're talking about something else you're dead spiritually okay but even if our body is dead the spirit of life <laughs> I'm sorry guys I, the lighting is killing me. Uh, but if Christ is in you, all the body is dead because of sin. The spirit is life because of righteousness. Our body is dead. Okay, we all know uh, that our body is dead. But being indwelt, thank you. But being indwelt with the spirit—that's well, awesome. But being indwelt with the spirit is life. Now, what does that mean? Somebody want to take a stab at it? You read it this morning. Anybody got a hint? Yes, ma'am. No, I'm sorry. Did you say yes? Uh, I was just got you here, wasn't you? How about anybody else want to take a stab at it? That's okay. Here we go. Let's read it again. Verse 9. 9b. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. We got that. But if Christ is in you, all the body is dead because of sin. This, because of sin, because of sin, our body, we will all die. True or false? We got that right. But the Spirit, we will have life because of the Spirit that is dwelt, that, because the Spirit of life is righteousness. Now, I know that's what kind of, I can see people are kind of like doing this, and, and, and I understand. That's a little... We're getting into some Paulisms here. He's, he's, he's saying things that we have to really think about. That's what's the purpose this morning is for us to really kind of think about here. Okay? Think about this. The body is going to die. Christ is in you because of us. So we get the tense up. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead of sin, the spirit of life because of righteousness. Now, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. Now, here's Paul talking about raising Jesus from the dead. Now, remember, Paul's a Pharisee. Okay? Pharisees did not believe, did not believe in the resurrection. You know, Paul, every day, when he goes into the synagogue, he reasons, like kind of reasoning with you guys today, we're talking about Scripture. We're, we're trying to reason and get you to understand what he's talking about. 
So Paul is speaking of something that he once was totally against. Paul was a Pharisee. He didn't believe in the resurrection. But now he's preaching about the resurrection. That is Christ in him. So he's preaching out to the Jews. I'm sorry, he's writing to the Romans. That um, the spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who, raised, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Now, this spirit that he's talking about, the spirit in us, I kind of should have mentioned that in verse 9. Because if you read verse 9, you're going to read something, you're going to read the spirit. And then you read the spirit of God. And then you read the spirit of Christ. All of God, all of God is at work in your life. All of God. God in three persons. The Spirit. Holy Spirit. Spirit of God. God. Spirit of Christ. God. Jesus. God. It's all God in three persons. And that is what is at work. That is why God is He's, He is one God, three persons, and they're all God. So that is something that you could talk about in small groups if you want to. That's that's mind blowing. But all of God has got you guys. All of God has got you. And as you'll see later on, as we as we continue on in this in this study, that when you get down to the end, there's some fantastic, it's fantastic things to meditate on at the at the, at the end. But why 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 does God? Um, why is he concerned about us? Why is he concerned, you know, why, why do we, why, you know, we're not the best, we're not righteous, you know, we're not. Because of Christ's righteousness, though, Christ, this is Christ, God is able to look upon us. But why, why didn't he just like, like, just let us go? We're going to turn into dust. Everybody, I, you know, that's all, that's always fun to talk about, think about. But every one of you guys, including myself, return to the ground. Your flesh will return to the ground. Because of sin, tells us that in Genesis. Because of sin, you came from the dust, and we're going to return to the dust. So, I know you guys are young, you don't think about that, and that's what I get. I was too, as I grow a little older, and I see a wrinkle. I see a wrinkle. Uh, you know, I'm thinking more of a you know, I'm close to the dirt <laughs> than I used to be. I mean, my brother paid a wonderful compliment yesterday. Um, uh, I had to take care of my brother yesterday before home. He said, I, I didn't see you walking up. He said, I looked and I said, that's an old man. And I said, well, thank you, pal. That's the best compliment I've heard in a while, you know. But we are. We're going to return to the dirt. We're going to. So why, so why, why, why is God concerned about us? It's a wonderful thought. If you think about it, it's a wonderful thought. Why were we created to begin with? You know? I know, it's tough. That's a hard question. Maybe you don't want to think this morning. We were created for God's glory. We were created to have fellowship with God. You know? That's what we were created for. Nothing else. We live through this life. We glorify God. Hopefully we'll praise God and glorify this life because we will praise and glorify Him forever. If you're in the Spirit, 
it's, for, it's a forever thing. It's in the flesh. Everything I'm saying today, listen, I understand this. If you're in the flesh, you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. You really don't. I mean, I know because I was sitting there one time, at one time. You know, until God opens your eyes to understand it. I mean, the last verse, the last verse of what Jeff preached about, uh, talked to you about last night, the last verse he said was, it is impossible to please God. Impossible. Everything you do, those in the flesh, everything you do, it's impossible to please God. Everything, anything. So, this is, these verses are great hope uh, to the person that's living in the Spirit. And um, it's a, it's a, a, I say, a warning to those in the flesh. I mean, consider, consider you're not invisible. I mean, that's, that's, that's true. And um, so you need to, to think about these things. Think about these things as, you, as we go about this week. Good week, think about it. You're here for a reason. You know, I believe in God's sovereignty. You know, I believe in me being up here. You know, that's a, a sovereign act of God. Uh, Joshua, his group, all you guys are here by the sovereign hand of God to hear the gospel. And you're going to hear it the entire time you're here. You've got to hear the gospel. So, okay, guys, let me pray, and then we'll continue on. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for... Uh, that you allowed us to be here today. Father, it's just four sentences. Just four sentences in this great, great, big, huge uh, book we call the Bible. This same message, Father, has been taught for 2,000, over, yeah, two, over 2,000 years, I suppose. 2,000 years. I'm not the first one to get up here and talk about it. I'm probably one of the worst. But, Father, you know, it's your word. It's not the messenger. I, I could get up here and... and, and but Father, it's you. It's you that takes these words and, and it's you that takes a simple, simple message, Father, that can change a heart for eternity. And that's what, that's what I pray. That's what I pray, Father. Um, I don't pray for anything else but that, is that for someone to be changed. So Father, that's a prayer. And we thank you and we love you. In the sweet name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen.